It was the toasted smell of tea lights, burning pumpkin innards, that made Caitlin entranced on the walk from her cottage. Into the misty early evening, and the addiction she had to chimney smoke, low fog and damp leaves. The streets were grey and the air was raw. The sun had given up and gone to bed, but the moon took over in the stillness in the dusk. The witching hour was upon us. Children under seven were being ushered towards home, while they counted and compared their sweets hoard. A parent in an ill-fitting olive oil stained jumper had been handing out little cups of fruit, which only parents were interested in. The little ones became restless, tired, and more like the monsters they were imitating. Teenagers began to emerge with bottles of alcoholic gas, pretending to be wine. Vapes looked like projector remotes. Occasionally you'd hear a scream and a single swear word, and then perhaps the demand for Brandon to get off, or words to that effect. The young crossed paths with the less young, but they knew to keep their distance. For the former, it was simply intimidation and fear. The latter, embarrassment, at still being associated with trick-or-treating. B&M plastic tat in the estates looked vastly more fun than the pretentious homemade autumnal wreaths on the doors of the barn conversions. Halloween was a time for fodder. If you carved into turnips to exhibit the fact that you'd been at the lecture on Irish folk mythology but had no connection to Ireland, then you might be considered overdoing things. Caitlin shunted along the pavement on her way to Charlie's Halloween party. It would be the first time she'd visited her house, but having more or less memorised the route on Google Maps, it would be a surprise if she had to check it. The Wild Swimming group chat had been very excited about the event, and although there would be more people than just these girls there, it seemed that they were the headline act, so Caitlin felt comfortable going. The fancy dress theme was Lovable Villains. She put together a costume of the pigeon lady from Home Alone 2. She had most of the bits already. The tweed and woolen shawls or cardies, the tatty old bonnet, the scuff boots. She just needed to make some pigeons this week, which she'd managed to out of felt. It turns out the undisputed queen of crafting could actually rustle up a pretty lifelike pigeon for each shoulder, elbow and then one on top for a crown of her head. She mulled over applying some bird poo because she decided it was unlikely she'd wear this bonnet again anytime soon. So she splattered it with some Tipex. Caitlin was worried that people might not even realise she was in costume. She smiled at a passing Wednesday in Pugsley Adams. The latter was whinging at the weather and they held their book bags and PE bags full of today's uniform. Their dad smiled, rolled his eyes at Caitlin and assumed she'd sympathise, whilst yanking a drumstick lolly from its stick with his teeth. A firework exploded across the play park, and the distant swearing and nervous laughter of some of the fizzy wine kids soon followed. Someone had made assurances that they'd soiled themselves because of the bang, or again words to that effect. The mist lay like a thin meringue in the streets. There was a peaty smell, and an ambiance that might unsettle dogs, cats, and pensioners. Charlie's house was a semi-detached bay-fronted 1930s, with the sort of hidden charm that was clear to see even from behind the pebble dash. 
her filthy red car outside, with the seatbelt trapped in the door, reassured Caitlin that this was the correct house. And there were a couple of lights on through the windows, but strangely nothing yet that resembled a party. However, Caitlin was 35 minutes from 7 o'clock. She must have misjudged the timings, and hadn't actually looked at her phone before now. Let's be honest, she was always too early for things. But she couldn't leave and come back now just in case someone saw her. So she reached for the knocker, making a quick adjustment to her pigeons before it started being unlocked. The door opened slowly. And behind it, Charlie was kicking and cursing some trainers, looking a bit stressed but mostly like a radiant harlequin. She'd sprayed her hair white and done the two punches with blue and red tips. She wore a ripped t-shirt that revealed a thin band of tummy behind a red bomber jacket. She was halfway through the white makeup and held the sponge as she burst into Caitlin's arms, hugging her tightly and ushering her inside. Whatever Miles' dresses each one had felt were now completely gone. Mate, you look amazing, said Charlie, as she admired every single pigeon in the hallway. Caitlin enjoyed her use of mate. I'm sure that actress was in casualty for years, wasn't she? Charlie said, referring to the pigeon lady. Right, make yourself at home. I'm just finishing up with this white face paint and then I've got a few bits to get out of the loft if I've got time. You can give me a hand. She ushered Caitlin into the living room that spilled into a dining room and then into a kitchen at the back. Not really open plan living, more a jar plan living. She said she'd be back soon, but Caitlin could help by emptying all the crisps and nuts into bowls. Caitlin was left alone, in her downstairs, and it dawned on her that she was not only the first to arrive, but she'd actually now been entrusted with the responsibility of co-hosting this party now, so to speak. The whole house was the opposite of Pinterest. Photo frames were skew-whiff on the wall, Books were strewn without any pretense. Throws, cushions, millions of dusty ornaments on shelves, tatty sofas, cat hairs, muddy boots and chip paint. Things were packed in. But they didn't look untidy. It was a house being lived in and loved. And not imitating someone's Instagram. Or if it was, then Charlie was a masterclass in subtlety. What was most surprising with the photos of Charlie with a young boy at various ages, up to what looked like now early teens. Then she saw further evidence of adolescent coats and trainers and a skateboard behind the door, a baseball glove holding a monster can on the coffee table and height markings on the cupboard door frame that said Mum at the top and then Peter at various stages up to the point where they were now roughly the same height. Charlie hadn't mentioned she had a child. Admittedly, it had only been a few weeks since that day beside the windmill when they'd met, but Caitlin couldn't believe she'd not mentioned him. She finished her job with the nuts, then she put her beer in the fridge, quickly removing the price stickers of the ones of the cans that cost $3.99 or more. Charlie's kitchen was covered in propagating houseplants in little shot glasses and teacups of water. There were Lego ornaments sat on high shelves covered in dust and cooking grease that had obviously not been disturbed for years. 
A bowl of cat food lay fresh at the back door, but there was no sign of the diner. Caitlin loved it. She wouldn't get on with the electric hob, but there was a real feel to the place that she immediately liked. She jumped out of her skin when Lauren Hill blasted out some speakers all over the house. She heard a shout of sorry from upstairs and then the volume reduced a notch. Charlie called out for Caitlin to come and join her upstairs with a beer if she fancied and they'd be able to hear the door from up there. She took a little scoop of dry roasted and a couple of pretentious IPAs and up she went. Upstairs was no less cluttered and it smelled of dried flowers. Caitlin followed the music towards the front bedroom and circumnavigated two clothes horses to get to Charlie's room where she was finishing her makeup at a table covered in everything. Seeing her bed made Caitlin feel a little intrusive, so she hovered, but then eventually perched on the edge, next to a small Minecraft hoodie. He still wanders through for a morning hug. Is that weird? No, said Caitlin. How old is he then? Thirteen. I think he's got your face, you know. Yeah, you think? Poor kid. I think you'd get on, said Charlie. He loves sci-fi. She told Caitlin what he's like around the house and how much her parents had taught him about cooking, cleaning and reading. They sounded like they half-raised him. Her boyfriend that hadn't outlasted uni. A one-night stand she got unlucky with. Maybe some guys were only about that thing. Or maybe it was more complicated. Caitlin tried not to assume anything. But it was obvious that as a mother, she didn't object to hours on an Xbox and the odd energy drink. And that probably was the reason there was a game of Uno being played in the living room downstairs. And he still wandered in for a hug. Charlie needed some pumpkin fairy lights out the loft, so they downed their beers and pulled out the loft stairs. People had been texting saying they were running late anyway, so Charlie said they had some time. She creaked her way across the beams, and she was silhouetted against the skylight. She and Caitlin were in the middle of a conversation about how long she'd lived there and the amount of games of hide-and-seek she and Peter had played over the years. During Covid lockdowns, they'd had imagined that house was a hotel, a space shuttle, a horror film, a cowboy film, a school, an art college, a science lab, an army base, and Charlie's favourite, a writer's retreat. Peter must have been about nine or ten during all this roleplay. Caitlin couldn't believe it to think that a mid-thirties woman was playing cowboy films with her son for hours on end with no obvious need to end the game other than the fact that it was probably midnight and that it was strange how close this was all happening to where she was living in her cottage at the time that was covered in mountains of unknitted wool and rising bread dough. Finally, shouted Charlie having found the pumpkin lights. She wound them around her arm like a mower flex and began reversing herself out of the hatch. Caitlin's services footing the ladder weren't really essential, but she assumed this position anyway. The wire from the lights must have caught under her foot, 
In less than half a second, Caitlin saw Charlie plummeting towards her in the floorboards below. Backwards. Leading with her back and then suddenly her head as her body gave way to gravity. The wire was tangled and flaying. There wasn't even time to swear. It just came out as a desperate shrill. A scream like a child. A pitch reserved for the extremities where life was on the line. Caitlin's instinct was to hold out her arms like she was trying to catch a bag full of falling bricks. Her face was scrunched up and terrified. Her wide arms bowed, expecting horror. Charlie landed on her right arm and her elbow and screamed for what must have been over a minute. She'd flown over Caitlin's head and bent her arm back the wrong way when landing on it. She looked like a melt face emoji on the floor at the foot of the ladder. Crumpled into a ball of jeans, hair dye, pumpkin lights and limbs. She looked like a child. She looked like roadkill. A fat ginger cat emerged from a back bedroom and rigidly paused in the doorframe. It gazed ahead to witness its owner's dismantled arm in the wrong place and then looked at Caitlin and her pigeons for an explanation.